Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 101. Thanks again to everyone that reached out with congratulatory messages as the podcast passed the 100 episode mark last week. Couldn't have asked for a better 100th guest in Spider Miller. If you have not listened to that episode yet, please do. Really good stuff from the two-time U.S. Mid-Amateur Champion and Walker Cup Captain. It's not going to be the last time you hear from Spider on this podcast. I should be bringing you all something very special before the end of the year, so stay tuned for that. Lots of mojo going on at the collegiate level this week. Congrats to Texas and Oklahoma State for making it to the finals of the Eastlake Cup. I hope that everyone enjoyed watching the coverage on Golf Channel and that everyone is getting excited about the NCAAs in the spring. Texas took the win, so shout out to Cole Hammer, the Cootie Twins, Travis Vick, and Spencer Seussman. If you're a Cowboy fan, I don't think you have to worry about too much. You'll see Austin Eckroat and the rest of the Cowboys in the postseason. Little housekeeping as usual, please continue to leave reviews in Apple Podcasts. I appreciate each and every one of you that has done that already. Make sure you take a screenshot of that and post it on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. You know I'll hook you up with a golf towel or something. I really appreciate everyone's efforts in promoting the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Remember, if you have ideas on who you would like to see featured in future episodes, shoot me an email at ben at thebackoftherange.com and hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of that information is available in the show notes of this episode or go to thebackoftherange.com. So on to this week's guest, Saith Thigala from Pepperdine University. Pepperdine might not get as much publicity as some of the other traditional college golf powerhouses like Texas and Oklahoma State, but as of right now, they're ranked number eight in the Golf Stat National Rankings. So don't be surprised if they make some noise in the spring. They've acquired Joey Verzich, a transfer from Nevada. They have freshman William Mao, the reigning California amateur champion. Joshua McCarthy, the reigning Northern California amateur champion. But their senior leader is Thigala. And by the way, he's the reigning Southern California amateur champion. Sahith sat an entire year due to a wrist injury, but came back to Pepperdine for one last season to make a run at the national championship. And why wouldn't he? Pepperdine is in Malibu, California, and apparently you can see the Pacific Ocean from just about everywhere on campus. We had a good chat about his approach to golf and life, the importance of family, and he even explained how to hit one of his signature shots. You definitely want to hang around to the end of the episode to listen to that. I hope that everyone enjoys this episode as much as I enjoyed getting some time with Sahith. Remember his name. You're going to see a lot of him down the road. And by the way, if you want to learn more about Pepperdine Athletics as a whole, their athletics department has a podcast. Very cool way to get to know all of the student athletes like Sahith Thigala. It's called Pep Talk. It's hosted by Roger Horn, the assistant AD of communications at Pepperdine. So I'll put the link to the podcast in the show notes for all of you Pepperdine fans. So let's get to this week's episode. Sahith, welcome to the back of the range, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me. This is uh, this is going to be good. The name of this podcast is The Back of the Range, and uh, you're a senior at Pepperdine. Um, what, yes, is the, what does The Back of the Range look like at Pepperdine 
university, your practice facility? Is it the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, it, it literally faces the ocean. Um, doesn't get much better than that. Uh, we just got it. I think we just got new sod. Uh, I haven't been down there in a little while, but we just got it uh, redone. So, yeah, it, it's pretty sweet right into the ocean. Can't ask for much more. I mean, the recruiting trip to get you to go to Pepperdine, was it, I mean, what did they do? Yeah. Just like look west. I mean, is that pretty much all they did? I mean, what else yeah, did you have like to see? Six different times during the trip, they're just like, oh, look that way. Look, it's, it's the ocean. Uh, no, but it, it, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty special place. Can't can't say enough about it. doesn't really get old either. What, uh, you know, you've, you've spent your entire college career there. It's wrapping up. I know you're a fifth-year senior. You had a red shirt due to an injury. Mm-hmm. What um, What is, when you're not traveling, um, when you're on campus, you know, hitting the books, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, practicing, what is a typical day at Pepperdine look like or a typical week? Yeah, um, obviously it's pretty hard to um, – I'm pretty sure any college athlete can say this, just managing time. Um, obviously we have workouts – three times a week in the morning, 6.30 a.m., and then we usually have class from 8 to noon on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Wednesdays, um, I had class Wednesdays nights most of the time, but a lot of the guys have Wednesday off, so that's kind of the it's kind of the day where we just kind of kick back and relax or catch up on work either way. But And then what practice from noon to – or like 1 to 6 or 1 to 5.15, I guess, but we always end up staying a little bit longer anyway. Um, then come back and do work and repeat next day. Yeah, absolutely. We'll kind of get into the redshirt senior uh, aspect of our conversation about your wrist injury, but do the guys in the team, you got some transfers, you got some freshmen. Do, are you getting everything out of being a senior as possible? I mean, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, washing the van. You're not, you're not doing any of that stuff. You don't pick up a bag, do you? <laughs> no, I, I, I do not. They've done a good job of uh, keeping yeah. me away from the bags, but uh, yeah, I think, um, obviously last year helped me from a perspective standpoint, just being away from golf for so long. And, um, I've just loved it even more this year. So it's like being with the guys, even though some of the freshmen are, you know, three years younger than me. Um, it's been, it's, it's still been awesome. I mean, I'm, I love it every day even more. And, uh, I'm still 21. I was actually, I pretty much went to college a year. I was, I was really young for my grade. Okay. Um, so I'm not turning 22 till December. So in terms of like the age difference, um, I mean, there's people that were actually in my graduating class that were uh, over a year older than me anyway. So it kind of doesn't feel too too off, really, um, which is a good thing, I guess. Nice. Well, I mean, you're, you're yeah. talking about this year that you had to take off. You had this wrist injury. You know, I just a few weeks ago, I spoke with Cooper Dossie, who's a senior at Baylor. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I don't know the, the exact medical similarities between your wrist injuries, but similar time off. And, you know, he was saying how, man, I, I got to I gotta hit – I had hit so many golf balls off of golf tees and yeah. before I could do yeah. anything and you know, wedges, I mean, everything is off of a, a very safe environment. Um, was that kind of the similar uh, path that you had to take getting back from a wrist injury? Cause it's such an annoying injury for a golfer. Cause yes, you know, it, like it if you're a football player and you jack up your knee or you're any athlete and people see you like, yeah. okay, that guy's hobbling, that guy's hurt. But like the, you, but having a wrist injury, I mean, how, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's serious, but it's just, it's so, gotta be so frustrating. Exactly. I mean, it, first of all, it's pretty lame. Like you're just, <laughs> I mean, it, it took so long to recover from it, but like from the outside, like I had my cast off in like two months. So like right. everyone's like, Oh, you're playing, right? Like, how are you doing? I'm like, no, nah, I've got a very long way to go. Yeah. I can't um, grip a pencil, so yeah, I mean, but I look fine. Yeah, exactly. 
So I've actually talked to Cooper a few. I mean, we've seen each other a few times this summer and obviously through the college circuit and our, our, our injuries were really similar. And um, I think the recovery process was similar too. obviously he, he didn't take the whole year off, or he didn't redshirt the year. He just kind of missed right. some tournaments, I think over winter and um, starting in the spring, but yeah, it was very similar. Um, it was a very conservative approach. Um, just a lot of putting. I probably putted for like, I felt like two months straight, just putted. Because wow. uh, even chipping, um, just with my motion, I feel like I've, I'm probably a little bit riskier than others. Um, so like I stayed away from chipping for a while too. Um, but yeah, it was very, it was very annoying because I couldn't. Not only like can could I not play golf, but you know I couldn't go like shoot basketballs or. Well, you can't do the normal everyday. Yeah, you can't do normal everyday yeah. stuff like hey, you know, you know, pick up that box. I, I can't. Sure. Yeah. 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 Can't do that. Um, all right, yeah. so let me ask you, what was, because you got a lot of downtime, what was yeah. a guilty pleasure you had during that rehab year that sure. you, like, like, I can't, like whether it's watching some stupid show on Netflix or, yeah. or like doing some, some habit that you picked up that now you're, now that you're full strength, you're like, all right, I can't do that crap anymore. I got to get back to work. Yeah. Um, for one, I would literally have days where I'm sit, I do not leave my room. Um, I'll Postmates food in to my house and not leave my room okay. uh, i definitely gained some i definitely gained some weight okay uh, so, you, so you became a shut-in all right go ahead sorry yeah i was pretty much a hermit uh <laughs> nice i don't know i i really didn't pick up many bad tendencies because again like the video games i like to play like i still needed my left wrist to like at least grip a controller or you know put my hand on my keyboard and yeah i don't know i kind of i was kind of staying away from that just to rest as much as possible i guess and uh I did play a lot of chess. Okay. Uh, All right. Keep the mind sharp. All right. So yeah, keep the mind sharp. Sure. All right. Cool. All um, right. yeah, me and another guy on the team, the other guy is really good. He kind of got me into it. So we played a lot when I was doing nothing. So, um, I, I kind of want to go back and hit on a couple things about your start in the game. Um, you know, incredible junior career, you know, started out super early winning, you know, Callaway junior world championships. And then, you know, the one thing that I thought was interesting is, you know, you've you've been with the same coach basically your entire life. Rick Hunter, you've been with him since, what, like seven, eight years old. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm curious, you know, he's he's with you when you're super young, trying to figure out the fundament, fundamentals. Then he's with you in, like, you know, being 13, 14, where you're, like, learning how to actually hit some fun shots and do different yeah. things. So can you maybe talk to, like, the importance of – having fun, being creative, but how he maybe kind of reins you in at least a little bit so you can be a elite amateur. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, it's great having him from a young age because he he understands my golf swing pretty much better than anyone else, um, better than me. Um, so he's seen all my tendencies throughout the years, like little quirks in my body. So he's not – one thing I really love about Rick, he's not trying to change my swing, but just trying to get the best version of my swing. And he's actually the one that, you know, really encouraged me to start shaping my shots, especially on the range. Um, obviously, it's easy to, you know, just aim at a target and blindly hit a target, right? But I I mean, he's the one that kind of got me hitting the, the big slices and the big hooks on the range just to, just to see something different with my eyes and, you know, get some potentially on course kind of, you know, seeing what you would see on the golf course if you're hitting it behind a tree or something like that. So, I mean especially when I got to that age, 13, 14, where, you know, I'm looking at these guys' swings and they're starting to refine them just being super technical and, right. you know, beautiful looking swings. And 
I got this weird, like weird little move that I do the whole, actually the whole thing is just kind of a little weird, but, uh, okay. I mean, the positions, we just make sure, uh, the positions match up. Obviously we worked really hard on my setup, but after that, I mean, he's been, he's, he's does a great job of, you know, keeping my swing in check without really messing with it too much. And that's what I've been so thankful for. And we're still making progress. Um, every time I see him. You know, the interesting thing is I know it's a kind of a cliche statement that a lot of, you know, elite amateurs, professionals, you know, you know, playing your game, you know, playing sure, and, sure. And, yeah. and every, we're all guilty of saying that, well, I played my game. Oh, and I, yeah. yeah. We're all guilty of that. But you really, like you said, you, you have a unique swing, you have a unique yeah. move. When did maybe you first start realizing that, okay, this is me. Uh, I'm not, you know, when people are walking down a range at an elite amateur or collegiate event, they're going to see guys that maybe yeah. all look alike. And then they'll be like, all right, yeah. what's, what, who's that? The guy, what's with the Gala's action? Uh, what, when yeah. did, when did you start kind of saying, yeah, this is me. I own this. Yeah. Um, it was probably just before I committed to Pepperdine. I, I wasn't playing great. I don't think in, uh, I guess sophomore year of high school. Um, and that's when me and Rick kind of, we didn't try and really change it, but we tried some things that were perhaps a little more conventional and it didn't work out. So that's when I really kind of got into my own and committed to Pepperdine. And just even when I came here my freshman year, obviously the guys on the team, like they, they recognized that my swing's <laughs> obviously kind of weird, but uh, they loved it too. So that kind of just became a part of me. And I, 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 even to this day, I still, I have no shame in saying that my swing doesn't look pretty, you know, it's, but it kind of gets the job done, but I, I'm all for it. I love that. And I'll, I'll hit bad shots on purpose just to accentuate that. Okay. Well, I'm going to, we're, you're leading me towards something that we are going to hit on. So, um, okay. I, I, okay. I, 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 we're, we're, you're setting me up early for it, but I'm going to resist the urge to pounce on this topic. But okay. so let's, let's yeah. go back to, all right. So let's talk about, um, one thing that a lot of people that listen to this podcast, a lot of amateurs, whether they're trying to, you know, qualify for a state am or their club championship is qualifiers. It is such a different sure. animal than just a regular oh, round yeah. of golf. Um, you have qualified for numerous USG events, whether it's mm-hmm. three US juniors, USAM, you've played in the, the 2017 US Open at Aaron Hills. Mm-hmm. There are great college players and great amateurs all over the country. Some mm-hmm. are great in qualifiers, others you're <laughs> that just they just aren't and you just don't you don't see them sure. at a USAM. So yeah. you have checked every box along your amateur way. Are you able to pinpoint any specific reason why you are having success in these qualifiers over maybe some other guys that have, you know, on, yeah. on paper have similar resumes? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've actually thought about that. Just like, I mean, you, you every year there's a couple guys that are just outside, you know, the top 50 in Wagger or whatever, and they're doing a USAM call and don't make it. And it's like, oh my God, I mean, this guy's way too good to not be playing this, yeah. you know? and it's definitely because the qualifiers are a different animal. Um, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint anything specific really, but I mean, I, I get fired up for qualifiers because no, I know that it literally does not matter what you shoot if you're not going to qualify. So either in or you're, you know, it doesn't matter. Like right. not trying to save shots to miss the qualifier by two, you know, I mean, sure that feels better for yourself, but in the long run, it doesn't matter. And just having that mindset, even if I'm, I guess something I could pinpoint is if I'm like not in the groove early on in the qualifying round, I just, I actually just go ahead and try and fire a little bit harder and try and make birdies because again, there's no real repercussions to shooting, you know, a poor round. Um, You're literally trying to hit that benchmark. And a lot of the qualifiers that I've played in, I've actually ended up winning, which is 
I mean, obviously a bonus more than qualifying, but uh, just having that mindset of not slowing down really, I think is what's kind of carried me in, a, in some of these qualifiers. You know, it sounds incredibly simple, but with a lot of the... <laughs> no, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. What it's I'm saying is, well, you got to execute, but I'm saying the mindset yeah. you're stating is so sounds so simple, but it's so different yeah. than what I've heard or what you've seen. Do you, yeah. have an, do you have any idea who might have helped you put that in your head? Or is this just something you said, hey, you know, 74 and 84 are the same? <laughs> yeah, if you're not qualifying, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, that definitely goes back to my dad. I mean, he's he's told me that the whole time um, growing up, and, and especially with qualifiers. Obviously, in a you know in a regular tournament, oh yeah, um, eighty four is better than eighty five. Eighty four is better than eighty five. It's significantly better than eighty five in my mind. Like you're, that means you're not giving up for that. You're not giving up that extra shot. Um, whereas in qualifying, it's you know it really doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah. I know uh, you just talked about your dad. I know family is super important. Um, yeah. I know choosing Pepperdine, uh, one of the mm-hmm. big reasons was the fact that you are uh, close to home. Um, yep, you, you are mm-hmm. the defending uh, Southern California amateur champion. You won this past summer in July. Mm-hmm. A lot of great pictures. By the way, that trophy is where, <laughs> I mean, did that just re-aggravate a wrist injury holding that behemoth? Yeah, of it did. Thing? Actually, I had to ask for some help. Couldn't lift that thing myself. Where do, where do you keep that, and do you bolt it onto the hood of a car? What do you do with that thing? Oh, no, that was just, uh, that was just the one where they, like, etch your name into yeah, that one. I got you, a, you don't have to take another that for, trophy that was small. Yeah, you don't have to take that thing for a year, do you? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so so there's great pictures of that event, but one of the yeah. coolest pictures is you and all your family and friends, like at least 30, yeah. 40. What's your earliest memory of playing in front of galleries? Not just family and friends, but when did that kind of start? Because uh-huh. I know you've had family support at, like, I know they're out for yeah. the USAM at Riviera. So talk, mm-hmm. to me, talk to me a little bit about how you got comfortable playing in front of galleries. I can't, again, I can't, like, think of a specific time where I got, like, comfortable, but I always... I mean, I enjoy playing in front of people. I feel like I've always enjoyed playing in front of people. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure quite why, but um, especially, obviously, like you said, especially starting in college, um, my family realized, like, I love the sport and um, I'm giving it my all and I'm very passionate about it. So they saw that and they're like, wow, that's really cool that he's doing that. Let's go out and support him. That's kind of, I think that's more of a, like a Indian culture mentality too. We're always sticking together no matter what we're doing. Okay. Even though it's, uh, you know, golf is not necessarily you know, connected with India. That's not really the first sport you think of when you think of India. So not yet, but we're, um, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Exactly. But, um, I don't know. I always, I, I wouldn't say I like to put on a show, but I do like to put on a show. So, uh, okay. um, I guess that's kind of where it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've never really felt nervous about it. Um, I know there's, especially in junior golf, some, some kids, you know, really didn't want their parents to come out and watch sometimes. Right, and right. I never really, I never really understood that. Um, like I, I loved it when my dad came and watched me. Um, it was like, okay, I got, got my number one supporter here, like cheering me on. Like, how can it get any better than this? So I guess that's the kind of mentality I took, even when other people are, you know, going out of the way to watch me play golf. Sounds like you had one of the, sounds like a very healthy and positive junior golf experience then. Oh yeah. It was, it was awesome because, um, my mom was super supportive all the way too, which I'm very thankful for. Cause you know, she, Obviously, she didn't really know anything about sports or golf and what it took to get to the next level, but um, she was able to provide me. She was to take me to practice. And, and another great thing is when I go home, um, we don't really talk about golf, which has been something that I've actually found really helpful for me, too. Yeah. So um, 
interesting. So so let's let's have a little bit of fun with the family though. They I mean I know these are all positives, but yeah. there's got to be a family member that maybe gets a little too excited out there and loses the awareness of their surroundings, not realizing that you know we're oh yeah okay who are we gonna throw under the bus? Let's go. Who, of course. Who we got? Um, let's see who I can throw under the bus. Uh, I, I'd have to say my one of my uncles uh, lives in Moore Park. Uh, he's awesome. Like I love him. Oh yeah. Um, but he's just he's just loud uh <laughs> like he obviously cares about the other competitors but you know he's in the moment cheering me on and he's yelling and i i i, I have a feeling that one or two times it's disrupted a, a competitor is the show really you or is it your gallery like if i'm coming out to watch you at a yeah. collegiate oh, event i mean it's, it's not you is it it's your gallery no no not at all it's my it's my family and friends for sure okay 100%. perfect okay perfect all right, i just, love that all right i want to make sure i know who to follow when i come out and see well yeah i'm not gonna see oh, you yeah, play definitely. i'm gonna follow though all right perfect exactly um, all right exactly. so <laughs> awesome so so well, this is good so um, interesting. You have, uh, no fear of playing in front of friends and family in galleries and you like qualifiers. Uh, yeah. If only there was some sort of profession you could enter after your collegiate career was done that you could uh, <laughs> yeah. use that to good use. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, wonder what that might be. I don't know, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but let me ask you about okay. this qualifier, which is probably mm -hmm. one of the most unique, the collegiate showcase at the Genesis. Oh yeah. So for people that don't know about this, which, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you see an amateur playing in a PGA Tour event, normally it's a sponsor's exemption or they yeah. actually win a collegiate event or an invitational, you know, think Jones Cup for the RSM or you're thinking, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's a collegiate player yeah. that gets into like the heritage. So that's pretty much the norm. This yeah. is some sort of Monday qualifier slash pro-am slash someone's backing you. Can yeah. you, I mean... Talk about this, explain this to the listeners, and when you first yeah. heard about this, because this is one of the most unique yeah. things I've seen. Well, funny enough, I didn't hear about it till maybe two months before I actually played in it. Okay. Um, so it's pretty much a Monday qualifier, but just for college players. Um, it's for, I guess, I think pretty much anybody can get in. Um, the criteria is one of the, I think one of the, the school has to put in $25,000 um, to have a foursome that plays in the, in the college am. And I, I forget how many college players were actually there. Or how many groups were there? It might've been, I'm gonna, I, I think 10, maybe this year. That sounds about I know right. one year it was 16, one year it was eight. It might've been 10 my, the year I played it. So basically one of our donors stepped up and say, Hey man, I, I'd love to, you know, see you get this opportunity and um, try and qualify in this uh, event. So put in 25 K we had a foursome. Um, the guy who was the donor, Paul Porteous, Really great guy, by the way. Um, but he pitched in for two other guys too, sort of to play the four ball or the foursome. And I ended up winning that collegiate showcase against the nine other competitors. Um, and then we also won as a foursome, yeah. Which in turn brought fifty. We won fifty thousand dollars for the program by that. So essentially, he put in twenty five k for the program. And he ended up getting fifty k back. So that was a, that was a big bonus. That was nice that those both kind of went together there. Didn't you? So it was you. It was the the two amateurs, and then wasn't oh, there? Oh, that's right. Yeah, a, yeah. Professional uh, pro. Yeah, Jeff. We, we played with Jeff Gove, uh, so Pepperdine alum. Yeah, Jeff Gove. He he was awesome. He he made like a sixty footer for E on the first hole. So that was a good way to get it started. So by your your play, you uh, were able to acquire and assist the Pepperdine program with fifty thousand dollars. So let's put you on the spot. What? 
Okay. What are we naming after you on in the Pepperdine facilities? With, I mean, what is or is it going to be uh, the Sahagala chess room or is I, it? Gonna... I, yeah, the chess room. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that that's an addition moving forward here. Yeah. but uh, no, I don't, I don't think they want my name on anything here. Oh, come yet. on, come on! I mean, you know, you're racking up records there, and I guess. You know, you know that your your scoring average is 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 leading in school history. You just picked up a victory at the uh, uh, just at the Alistair McKenzie Invitational, an individual t- yeah. win as well as the team win. You guys are top yeah. ten in the nation, so um, yeah. you're heading into a, a very exciting spring. Um, let me throw this one out at you. You've you know you've okay. had this you've had this sampling of you know professional career. You played in the U.S. Open. You played in the um, in this in this uh, PGA tour event, but it's just two weeks. So, and you're yeah, going exactly. in just trying just to, two weeks. yeah, just two weeks. Eyes are probably wide open. You're trying to absorb as much as you can, but um, yeah, you know, what did you maybe see that kind of leans you towards like, okay, this is going to be a job. Like this is not just oh, yeah. playing. Yeah. Like what were some of the things you learned that you're like, you know, tuck that away for when you do turn pro, like, okay, that's, that, this is not sure. just about the golf. I mean, I, I definitely got a little, a sense of a little bit of this at Riv, my first one, but even watching guys like Colin and Matt Wolf right now, just tear it up. Like, um, definitely in terms of skill level, um, for pro golf, like we're not that far off. It's just, uh, they do it on a more consistent basis. Obviously they are better. Um, but you know, we're, I just realized playing even there, even in the U S open, like you can compete. Um, you can really compete. It's, it's not like a total dream. Uh, cause we're already so close being, you know, high level college athletes. So that was one thing I definitely took away from that. And then, um, I guess for the non-golf thing, I mean, it just, I, I find it hard to see myself. I mean, obviously I, I have other interests. Um, I did, I was a sports admin major at Pepperdine and, um, I would love to go into something like that, but still, I, I just, I find it hard to see myself doing something other than playing professional golf. Um, and that, that's something else I got out of those two weeks. And it just kind of made me want it more. Okay. Um, it really wanted me to not only play for myself, but, you know, play for my family, play for my, pretty much play for my culture too. Um, Very cool. so like that, that, those are a couple of things that I definitely got out of playing those weeks. That was a question I was going to ask you, you know, not, I mean, yeah, you're being, you know, Indian, uh, you know, the Indian culture, yeah. like, is that super mm-hmm. important to you? And, and, and oh, not, yeah. not yeah. well, not, I guess what I'm, let me rephrase. Not that is it important to you, but is it important sure. for you to put that on the map on the pro ranks? For sure. I think it's important. Um, obviously, I, I was born in the U.S. and um, spent a majority of my time here. Um, right. But I still, you know, I have both the Indian and American heritage. So I want to make that clear that I am playing for, you know, the the Indian culture. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, it's interesting about, about Morikawa and Hovland and Wolf, these young guys coming on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. Yeah. You know, for, for those guys, yeah, it looks like they just pop on, rack up a few wins and or high finishes <laughs> yeah. and off to the races. But you know as sure. well as I do that there are just dozens and dozens of these guys, just, you know, D1 studs at all these schools that, oh, yeah. that they're not going to have the easy path. And all nope. it takes is – I mean, do you think about that? Like, okay, that's what everyone sees on TV, you know, the Cameron champs yeah. and all that. But you know, mm-hmm. you know, as well as I do that just the path is it's, it's hard as hell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. The, those guys are, you know, it takes a special guy and a special town to do that. And a little bit of luck too. Of course I mean, it does. I think, 
Yeah. I mean, obviously those guys earned it. Every one of those guys earned exactly where they are today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's absolute studs out there. Number one guys in college that are, you know, still trying to get on the web or trying to get status here and there. And yeah, that again, like I, I know how hard it is and that just makes me want it more. Sounds cliche, but. Well, I want to get you out of here. I know you got, uh, gosh, you know, it's a, it's a Friday, uh, it's, it's Friday, um, at noon in Malibu, California. Sure. I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, the beach, right? yeah. I don't, I don't, you know why I, I don't know why you agreed to this. We to keep you indoors on a Friday afternoon. Oh, no, so, great. um, but let me ask you this one. I've spoken to a lot of great, uh, amazing people on this podcast. We just passed over a hundred episodes recently. Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic amateurs, professionals. I spoke with Jim Holtgrieve, who won the very first U.S. mid-amateur in 81. He was a oh, just wow. a long iron assassin. He carried a one iron, and he just... Long iron assassin. That, I he, love that. He yeah. just, that's all he did. Uh, spoke, <laughs> spoke to Stuart Hagestad. He rocks the long putter. Yeah. Talked to Cole Hammer about his short game. And I always like to kind mm-hmm. of have the guest share a little bit to our listeners about maybe a trademark shot or something unique with their game. So if, you're, if you can, yeah. and if you're willing yeah. to do so... Can you share with our listeners both the mental and physical process of how to hit the perfect shank? Perfect shank. I, I had a feeling that was coming. Um, Did I dress that up okay enough for you? No, that was perfect. I, I love that. I love the way you said that. Um, you know what? That's that's a that's kind of a tough one. I mean, I that, I mean that's one of my favorite shots to hit. Obviously, um, I've slowed it down last a little bit just because of my wrist and injury. So I don't want to you know do something stupid somehow hurt it again but i mean i i freshman and sophomore year my shank was i mean it was dead out of the center of the hosel every single time all right um, so it's not just that because i'm not trying to like put the you know put the hex on you but you did this on purpose at times right yes okay. that, that is correct i i did this on purpose pretty much every time i actually can't i mean i hit a shank recently in a tournament but i mean i rarely i feel like i rarely hit shanks i'm more of a guy who hits it off the toe a little bit but besides the point i I mean, one story that I always like to tell people is that uh, it was Alistair McKenzie, my freshman year, might have been my, I think it was my second tournament uh, as a freshman, so like still really young. And uh, for some reason, it was, uh, it was the day before the 36-hole day, and our spot on the range was all the way on the left side. And the, the range is pretty much, the guys are pretty much lined up straight. There's no curvature or anything. Um, for some reason, I just decided to, to hit a shank. Um, John Realm was right next to me. Um, he was, I think just, he was just a stall over, you know, hitting balls, grinding before the round. And I got up there and hit the best shank of my life. It was, it was the best shank of my life. It went, I wasn't expecting it to go this far. It, it almost went 90 degrees, right. And it went literally in front of everybody hitting balls on the range. And I, I mean, I, I tried my hardest not to look over. I right. tried to make it look like, like, holy, like, what did I just do? I, I do? shanked it and make it look like it was on purpose and, or make it look like it was an accident. Um, but my teammates were telling me that like literally four five, six guys were looking over like, what the heck is this kid doing? Like that sucks. Or, um, and obviously John Ron was right next to me and he, he definitely saw that. So um, and, and, I'm hoping that some, sometime converse with him about that. See if he remembers, probably not, but that, that's something that I, I always enjoy telling people. And, and your, your coach, Michael Beard, who I know you're very yeah. close with, who's been just very instrumental. Yeah. Um, your relationship with him is in your freshman year yeah. compared to now. I mean, you must be giving him a lot less gray hairs now than you did as a freshman. <laughs> I'd like to think so. It's funny, actually, when I when I came in as a freshman, coach had no gray hairs, and I think two and a half years later, he's like 
pretty much full gray. So I'll, I'll take responsibility for that. But uh, yeah, our relationship with that kind of stuff is, has always been awesome. Um, he, he loves it. It's just it's just a way to kind of keep loose and keep the tension out of situations that are actually you know pretty high stakes. So I'm gonna let you go, but you know you're gonna have a great weekend. I'm assuming in Malibu. What are you doing this yeah. weekend that's just gonna make all the listeners that are like up in like North Dakota and uh, South Carolina just jealous? So let's hear what your yeah. weekend looks like. Um, so actually, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go to the beach, and I'm probably just gonna kick back. My family's actually coming over tomorrow. Um, we're going to go play one of our courses, North Ranch, and uh, the weather's good. Well, other than the fire, that's kind of close yeah, by. That's not but good. Uh, yeah, and then Sunday, uh, who knows? Probably go, maybe go back to the beach again. Uh, Brutal. So, yeah. I mean, just it just sound, it yeah, sounds just, rough. I, I'm dreading it. Well, Seth, thank you so much for joining me here at the back of the range. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, I uh, I think a lot of the listeners are going to be kind of keep an eye on what you guys do for the uh, the rest of the year leading into nationals and then uh, see what happens over the summer i really like the fact that your approach is you love qualifiers and you love playing in front of crowds so hopefully uh, people are going to be seeing a lot more of you and uh, we'll catch up again soon sounds good for sure my man thanks a lot for having me i, I enjoyed this and there you have it special thanks to sahith Gala for joining us this week best of luck to him and the rest of the waves as they make a run towards the national championship. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you next week for another episode here at the Back of the Range.